Hello everyone, it's Christoph Trapp with Interiors and Sources and Buildings.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of our podcast. And today I'm in Chicago at Turf Design at their new headquarters. Is that even the right way to describe this building? Yeah, it's our it's our firehouse. Yeah. It's their firehouse. That was <laughs> Zoe Post, who is um, an expert here on design, and we'll we'll chat. And I'm also joined by Dustin Headley. Oh, and so thanks for joining us today. Uh, we took a tour of the building already. Um, talk about the design, some of the history of the company, and you know, what makes you guys unique. Okay, well, we're a new company, about two and a half years old, um, and we are taking over in the design and uh, acoustics industry um, and architectural products. So we have a lot of products. Um, that are aimed at both um, working in well, working in all types of spaces, uh, um, branded environments, um, office spaces, schools, uh, and we focus on a, uh, a number of different things: design, ease of install, um, as well as uh, adaptive, solu- adaptive, yeah. adaptive solutions to uh, custom custom spaces. Like custom is what we do, so. So one thing that I noticed when I came in here, so I've obviously um, covered content around acoustics, and a lot of times, you know, you you either notice good acoustics or you don't, mm-hmm. right? You walk in, and, and sometimes I see a building, and it looks beautiful, and you walk in, and the acoustics are terrible, and but you can't really tell until you walk in, right? Here, you have a very distinct branding. Um, I walked in, and I you know, I could tell. Well, that's turf. Right. So talk about that. How did that happen? Uh, what's the thinking behind the, the unique designs? Um, well, I like I like your take of kind of making something that's uh, not visible, visible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're, we're definitely doing that um, through through all our products. All our products are helping with acoustics. Uh, this is a growing, growing issue uh, in open office environments. Um, and schools, uh, and um, we're we're giving it a new edge, a new spin, with um, creating solutions that are visually fun um, and visually work with the space. So we work with architectural space. Um, you know, if there's if there's certain things that are going on in that space that we want our design to play to, we can we can work with that. So our our design is adaptive. Our products. Our products, but they're flexible. They're custom. We can make them um, work in a lot of different, a lot of different environments under a lot of different types of constraints. So we are in an open office environment here, obviously. Um, so the as you walk in, and as we're showing people your office here in our um, video, especially, um, there's walls between the the spaces, right? There's um, um, the design on top. Um, talk about how how that helps with the the work environment. So uh, what essentially is going on is um, the open office, like we actually tried to model the problem that we um, are trying to solve in the space that we're um, presenting the product in. Because um, in a lot of ways, this is acting as a showroom as well as an office. Uh, and so what we've done is um, one, we sort of recreated like a sort of typical um, 
office environment where you have people just running along, um, sitting in desks, um, working on designs. Very typical of an architecture office, actually. Um, and then we tried to create a space that um, is both sort of uh, visually inspiring and then also acoustically resolved uh, in terms of its performance. So um, looking at the way that we are, treat the walls that are adjacent to the designers, um, so that sort of that sort of uh, tactile uh, adjacency mm -hmm. is right there. I mean, we're in a space where it's like we're literally um, leaning against the felt. Um, and then also like putting that up in the ceiling, um, being able to then also dynamically adjust that around uh, things like lights, uh, ductwork. Um, we are very, it's very common for us to move around sprinkler heads, truss structures and all of that. Um, and then instead of making that feel sort of like um, a collision of elements, making that feel fluid uh, through the dynamic tools that we have. So everything is um, parametric. Um, it's often driven by sort of surface development. And so we draw the surface, we sort of embed the either the building code or the um, sort of field constraints associated with that, and then extract out uh, the geometries that will ultimately become the product. So, uh, and in a lot of ways, it's really interesting because um, literally what the architect can draw is exactly what they're going to get in the, in the instance of this. So um, along with a bunch of really um, if, should they need it or should the project call for it, all this evaluation that can also be done. So we can very very accurately control how much surface area we're putting in the space. So if we were to do an RT60 acoustic test, all of a sudden we can know exactly what the impact on that space is going to be. And, you know, we, we often talk about tenant amenities, right? People expect certain things. And, I mean, people expect good acoustics, I would assume. Almost always. <laughs> it's a, like, but it's also not like a thing that you anticipate. Complaint. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those things that we end up... It was interesting because when we first moved into the office, we didn't have the ceiling and all the other mm -hmm. amenities up. And so it was actually really difficult to work in the space. And so as we've actually worked and completed and resolved this, um, the projects that are associated and installed in the space, that has ameliorated a lot of the issues that, uh, that people had and that were complaining about when they initially moved in. So in, in the open office environment here, you actually worked here without good acoustics. Is that basically what you just said? Correct. Yeah, this room that we're standing in was unusable. Um, we're standing in a small call room um, where you can, you know, break away from your desk, talk with one other person, um, or just have some heads down time. It was unusable. It was, you know, concrete floor and two drywall walls. Um, now there's two felt walls on either side of us uh, and a... Um, a series of baffles over our heads and it's almost like wearing earmuffs it's a, a nice acoustical environment it's very comfortable to be in this space yeah i mean the, the way i would describe the space when we were doing it, it's like there was like a second and a half reverb time so if you can imagine like that that experience wearing your cell phone where there's a delay and you're talking it's, it was exactly like that when we were um initially moved into the space so i just got a headache just by that description <laughs> <laughs> it was extremely bad, and now it's uh, it's sort of great. I mean, these things sort of function and perform exactly exactly the way we anticipated them to work. So, fantastic. So, as you're walking to the open office um, space, is there anything else you want to share about the design or the setup um, that would be of interest? Um, a lot of this. Um, so, I, I, don't, I know you. You'll, there's some dynamics with the, the sort of VR stuff um, on this, but if you look at the the installation um, that's actually in the main office. Um, one side of this is um, light gray and the other side is red. And so actually, depending on the approach vector that you um, approach the installation from, you're either going to get sort of a very potent visual um, statement from the color. And then uh, from the other uh, approach, you're going to get a very subdued. So um, the, in, like, the view from the street is actually sort of the red, vibrant, 
firehouse red. Um, but actually on the interior of the space, when you're moving around the space, it's more subdued, it's lighter. Um, so we really tried to pay attention to the different features in the space um, and how people are going to experience it in the actual planning and uh, design of the space itself. So. Very interesting. And then you have an adjacent room with the periodic table of turf. Correct, yes. So um, next to our open office is a prototype room where designers, as they're working, can hop in there and use all kinds of different tools to create prototypes of maybe semi-standard or totally custom products, um, a whole range of different things. You know, take photos, send them to architects, or even physically send them to architects that they're working with uh, to proof out concepts. We can also just play. So it's meant to be a, a space in which we can we can both work and test out both the ideas that you're working on in your projects and the ideas that you just want to try out. And then you can print. Correct. Oh yeah. No, um, like yeah. So we do have a, a host of other. Um, other things that we do as well, um, we are able to, to um, our, our production facility is actually um, not too far from here um, in a place where there's a whole campus of different, um, different vendors that we work with directly. Yeah, and the, 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 the important thing to state here is like we have a nice fabrication, like there's a vacuum form or a laser cutter or a 3D printer. Um, and the, really the notion that we have with that is that um, out at the, the manufacturing plant, um, we are either adjacent to or have the, the very same level of equipment for the large scale stuff um, immediately accessible. And so um, that manufacturing area in Elgin is um, adjacent to our partnered powder coater that's a quarter mile away. or partner printing mm -hmm. services that are a quarter mile away. So it's um, really, we've networked our way in the, um, in the design industry in Chicago, but then also connected um, ourselves with the manufacturing blood of Chicago out uh, here in Elgin. So. And then as you walk upstairs, so you have similar design even in the, the stairway mm -hmm. going up, and then talk about the upstairs. Yeah, we, we tried to use every unique space. Since we want to be, um, we want to be responding to different architectures, we want to be using all the spaces that are here available to us in the firehouse. So we even work in the stairway. Um, yeah, the upstairs is our flex space. There is a kitchen up there. We um, use it for different events, meetings, um, you know, breakout team events that we need to be hosting. We are a growing company, so there's an eye towards that becoming office space in the future. Uh, on the ceiling, we have one of our uh, uh, standard products, which is the drop baffle. Um, once we put that install up, again, that was a room that transformed. Right outside, we have uh, one of the busiest freeways in the U.S., um, 9094. If you could jump or put a really long ladder across, you could get to that freeway out one of the windows. Um, so it is right there and you cannot hear any of it inside um, that office space. Um, along one of the walls is also a printed uh, adhesive wall uh, that has a dynamic, um, uh, it, it's printed with a dynamic pattern that was created by two of our designers here, one of them, uh, Dustin, um, who uh, worked to create, um, project a pattern onto a surface, mm -hmm. assign different colors to the different levels, and, and create something with a lot of movement. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that, 
really that's not only speaking to um, our sort of capacities in terms of uh, the printed felt, but that also speaks to a lot of the parametrics that we, we build here. Like everything is custom. Um, the, any product that you might order from here has uh, is customizable through some parametric definition. And so if you order a straight baffle, every time that we execute a project, it's um, it's custom. It's either a standard custom or uh, we're implementing custom details, a custom arrangement, um, really trying to deal with what the architect has drawn, rationalizing that as close as we can uh, relative to the product and trying to deliver on um, basically what it is their vision is. And we're trying to extend uh, what it is they envision for the space all the way through to a physical construction. And to get your product into a building, who do you normally work with? Contractors, oh, like this my actually my one of my favorite set of humans because uh, I really enjoy people that build things, um, which is like I'm on the engineering side, so of course I, I naturally am the one building a lot of stuff too, and uh, you know they're, they're a great set of humans to work with, and um, to that end we also a lot of the installation. Uh, mechanisms and connection details that we've done uh, really trying to set up an ease of install scenario. Um, our felt lock literally, like, um, if you can imagine installing 50 baffles um, along a, a 25 foot arrangement, mm -hmm. um, basically laying up, instead of having to set e pick points for each one of those cables, that, that would be a nightmare. Um, being able to set six to eight pick points for a unit strut and then just basically pop the, the baffles up in the ceiling, you can install an entire ceiling in a matter of hours. So. And we do hear that quite often. The easier, the better for installation, for sure. Correct. Yeah, that's we want we want installers to love us. So that's you know they're a, a huge target for us. Um, everything, every one of our products, we aim at being um, having that ease of install factor. So uh, whether that um, be something that's using our felt lock, which is literally popped in. Um, or something that is using cable gripper or something else. Um, it's simple, it's uh, clean, and the design is seamless. And and I, I mean, we're also not afraid to go on site to, to make sure things are perfect. I mean, that's yeah. I spent, I've been to at least True. two job sites this, this month, and just because there was a little bit of issues on site with um, some things being installed out of spec and uh, just basically helping people out, making sure that everybody wins um, when these things are going on. So. And typically who, uh, other than the, the contractors, who decides to get your product into a building? And is it usually new construction or or existing or? Yeah, um, usually it's coming from architects. Um, they are specking our products. Um, and though we do have a host of other, other um ways that we get projects. Um, we do work with end users as well. In those cases, we're um, generally recommending an installer to work with alongside us. And of course, it can be uh, existing buildings. Um, Correct. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, yeah, that's definitely one of our, our selling points is that we love T-Grid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, but also, so, I, mean, I mean, the story of like the this building is a, this is 120, right? 120 year old building, and yeah. so a lot of this we in order to actually execute some of the custom installations throughout, we had to laser measure um, internally. But um, we we know some guys that can do it professionally too. Um, the spaces, and then actually um, we coordinated the product around what physically existed um, down to like about a ten thousandth of an inch in in some places. So, yeah. Very interesting. What else didn't we cover that we should? The prototyping room. We better go in there and, and yeah, look at that periodic table of turf. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and then also a lot of the stuff is like we really like to be challenged. I think is a like one of the sort of fantastic thing. Like we are really not afraid of custom, and that's I think becoming more and more. Like we see that as an opportunity and uh, a fun challenge, and we really embrace being um, approached by um, designers, contractors, everybody who's just trying to figure something out to make uh, the spaces and, and projects they're working on more successful. Very interesting. Turf.design is your website. Correct. Were you involved at all in that the decision to have dot .design? I wasn't. No, actually, but I, uh, the reason why I applied to the job is because of the, the clever stuff going on on the website. So. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for both the dot design and then uh, the little logo doohickey that uh, whenever you roll over it, it, it swashbuckles. around, yeah. So. There was something else I saw on Instagram, too. It said something like, turn down the noise or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we try to keep it clever and yeah. light. Stealing um, is leaving here. Stealing cheeky. is leaving. Right. I, I did see that, too. <laughs> Great. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for making the time Zoe Post and Dustin... Um, Headley yeah, blazing with uh, turf design in Chicago. Thank you.